This is On The Radar, coming at you live with episode number 69. As always, we'll talk about local, national sports, and pop culture as well. According to you, at this on a Tuesday, like I did a couple weeks ago, because the way it is right now in the city of Chicago and a lot of places, snow, lots and lots of snow, no, nothing's happening, nobody's going nowhere. Now, Washington re-signed Tyler Heineke, a quarterback. They just say, hey, we have no quarterbacks. We never know if Alex Smith's going to be healthy. Kyle Allen, we know, is a backup. So, yeah, we just need some depth there. Broncos did cut A.J. Bouye, and the Panthers released Kawan Short, the defensive tackle who made close to Pro Bowl. And Jason Sanders agreed to a five-year extension, the kicker with the Dolphins. So they know that going forward, they have a pretty good kicker. The next picked up Roberson. Andre Roberson, who used to be one of those really, really good defensive players when Oklahoma City would make the playoffs all the time. The dude could never stay healthy. He got hurt, missed a lot of time. He can't score. He can't really shoot that well. But a team like the Nets, who trade a lot of their organizational depth to acquire James Harden, getting guys who are good role pieces on playoff teams really will help them. Now, in the WNBA, Ariel Powers has gone to Minnesota. Rebecca Williams go to this, has gone to the Aces. And um, Sammy Whitcomb and Natasha Howard are out with Seattle. So Seattle's like, we're going to get rid of our all-star defensive player of the year caliber center and our three-point shooter backup point guard Sammy Whitcomb off the bench. They're going to Liberty. Amanda Zutub is going to L.A. She's pretty good. And then Kia Nurse, who was pretty good for the Liberty, she's going to the Phoenix Mercury. Now, the storm they're getting... Katie Lou Samuelson, who I remember watching on the storm, I mean, on the sky. She was a really good shooter. She's going to team up with her former teammate, Brianna Stewart. That's going to be interesting. They're also getting Minka, Herbert, Herring, and, and, and Talbot. They're getting a few other shooters off the bench. They're trying to reshuffle the team because both Alicia Clark and Natasha Howard are two big parts of their starting lineup. And a couple of their players that were on their bench also announced retirements. So for them... They're just shuffling the pieces and trying to place Alicia Clark with another shooter in in Katie Lou Samuelson. It's just really what's going to happen up front without having Natasha Howard. That's going to be interesting. Um, rest in peace to Larry Flint, the, the guy who created the magazine Hustler. He passed away at 78. And rest in peace to Billy Canigliero, 7-3, who passed away at 73. He played for the Red Sox, the Brewers, and the A's where he won his championship. And he was the Red Sox number one overall pick in that in, in the draft. Rest a beast to him. Interesting story out of the baseball and the food world. JT Ramuto and Kristen Yelich have these specialized Chipotle gift cards. Uh, not gift cards, but cards for membership because they used to go all the time when they were in the minor leagues and even as rookies. That Chipotle wore them was like this rewards cup of things. It's pretty interesting that these baseball players who you think are trying to be at their physical peak shape are just throwing Chipotle down their throats. That's interesting. Calvin Johnson and Robert Sims are opening up the uh, cannabis uh, company, so that's going to be interesting to see Megatron in his next phase of life doing that. The Mavericks announced that they were not going to play the national anthem, but then the league decided, you know what? Everybody has to play it. The funny thing is the Mavericks were doing this a lot this season, and it's surprising that the league didn't know until they made an announcement about it. That's interesting. Jets hired former two-time Pro Bowl uh, kick returner running back to be a special team assistant in Leon Washington. It's always good to hire somebody who has made a pro ball at that position. So congratulations to him. Brett Reed, Andy Reed's son, who got into that car accident before the Super Bowl. He's no longer working with the Chiefs. That's what's up right now. And Zach Levine and Kobe White became the first teammates to hit each of them. They hit eight threes in one game, each of them. First to ever do that. Congratulations to them. If those who are really interested in hockey, they're going to have a documentary coming soon on February 21st. 
about Doc Emmerich. That is very interesting. Now, the other interesting thing is the Pouncey brothers, who were both, you know, linemen, they decided to both announce their retirement at the same time. Maurice Pouncey, if people don't remember this, he was on the Steelers and for his whole entire career. He was a first-round pick, three-time pro, uh, all-pro, two-time all-second pro, nine-time pro baller, all this stuff. Really, really good career. He, he's retiring, and his brother, Mike Pouncey, is also doing the same because they said, you know what, we came in this league around the same time as each other. We're both going to retire. Usually you don't see like a brother's, you know, saying, you know what, we are both going to retire. Mike Pouncey, if you remember him, he was on Miami when they had that whole you know, bowling scandal and whatnot, and then he finished his career up with the Chargers. And he himself was a pro-time, four-time pro bowl. He wasn't, you know, all first team like his brother Maurice, but having two brothers who were first-round draft picks who were pretty good offensive linemen at, the, at that position, at the center position, that it's really pretty impressive that a fa- football family has two centers that are both deciding to retire at the same time, one at 31 and the other one at 31. The fact that uh, they're like twins and all that other thing, that's pretty impressive the rarity there. Tom Brady announced he's having knee surgery. Hopefully for Buccaneers fans, he could be healthy when this next season comes, but if not, he won a championship with them. The Texans have let, have announced that they've released J.J. Watt. Everybody's speculating where he's going to go, what he's going to do. My only opinion is he's never been a healthy player for most of his career, so wherever he goes, it's more going to be a limited role player and a more of a organizational you know, veteran and good clubhouse presence guy. So hopefully he can go somewhere where he can actually make the playoffs and make an impact. And uh, the NBA announced the most uh, valuable franchises with the Knicks, the Warriors, the Lakers, the Bulls, the Celtics, Clippers, the Rockets, the Mavericks. It's pretty, you know, darn good. And um, we already know the Knicks, even though they're not good, they're they're like the Cowboys. They're a popular brand, and that's just what's going to happen. So that's interesting. And rest in peace to Braden Smith, the Jeopardy champion. He was only 24, and that's really sad. Now, Luka Dantich, though, is has got took him to get the fewest game to get to 4,000 points as he passed the marks that both Shaquille O'Neal and Michael Jordan, two Hall of Famers, did. This guy just continues to impress. Ashley Judd shattered her leg, and she's in the ICU. Hopefully, Ashley Judd will get better. You know, it's not just athletes that get injuries, actors. We don't know if it was while she was recreational or when she was actually filming something. Hopefully, prayers up to her to get better. Interesting story here. Chris Hogan, former wide receiver of the Patriots, announced his retirement. He won two Super Bowls with the Patriots, and he's played for a bunch of other teams. I used to have a fantasy, but the dude can never stay healthy. Now, he's he was a first-team all-ACC-like you know, ACC player in college at lacrosse, and he was the captain when he was at Penn State. And he's announcing that now that he's retired from football, he's going to enter in this new American like lacrosse league, and he's going to go into the next phase of his uh, life. So congratulations to him. Antoine Winfield was fined $7,815 for his, his gesture towards Tyreek Hill. I don't think he really minds the fact that he is going to basically say, I want a Super Bowl. I don't care how much money I'm going to pay because there's also always going to be a Super Bowl bonus. Uh, Blake Griffin has announced he's sitting out until he gets traded or has a buyout with the Pistons. It feels really bad because Blake Griffin is one of my favorite players. He's actually been on my wall for a very long time. The dude has never been lucky when it comes to injuries, as he obviously, we all know, set off the first season of his whole entire career and hasn't been the same player he was at explosivity, but he's improved his jump shooting, his free throw shooting, and become a better rebounder and defensive player. He's not the same player he used to be. That'll be interesting if the Pistons 
figure out if they're going to trade him or not. That's that's going to be interesting. Pac-Man Adam Jones was arrested for knocking out a bouncer the second time in recent months that he's gotten arrested for something. So that's not that guy continues not to stay in, stay out of trouble. Michael Jordan has donated $10 million to medical clinics in North Carolina. Just continuing to show that even though he's one of the best players of all time, one of the richest people, they can still give back to the community. Carl Anthony Towns has now become the all-time three-points shot made leader in the Timberwolves history. I think it's interesting because he's the center. He's their big man. There's no Sam Cassell. There's no Wild Serviak. Nobody that was a guard or like a small forward being the all-time three-point shooter. Now, is that interesting? Now, more sad news, as I mentioned, a few other people have passed away earlier in the podcast. Wide receiver Vincent Jackson was found dead in a suite in a a, a hotel. He was only 30 years old. He played 12 years with the Chargers and Buccaneers and made three poor bowls. I remember watching him play football not too long ago, so it's very sad that he has passed away. Now, so much happened in baseball. As I said, every Friday I record a, a baseball video from Friday night, anything happened Friday night to that Friday morning, I record. Anything happens in the meantime, I try to talk about it on my podcast. So what happened was the Andrew Benintendi, the Red Sox, after an injury-prone last season and a, not a great 2019 season, have said, you know what? Even though his value is low, we're going to trade him to the Royal. And the Mets got themselves a part of the trade. Now the Red Sox get Franchi Cordero, who in San Diego was pretty talented but would never stay healthy. The Red Sox are getting some more players to be named later. They received Josh Winikowski and, and another player to be later for the Mets. So they're going to get two guys you heard of and like three players to be named later. And the Mets got themselves in this trade to get an outfield prospect for the Royals. So the Mets are trying to make moves all the time. Now the Red Sox, all that does is maybe prevent Verdugo from having to play center field. He'll, he'll, he'll still play in the corner spot with Hunter Renfro. And the Red Sox still don't have a center fielder. But... Red Sox are just trying to clear house of everybody. They do not have the starting outfield that they won the World Series with. That's interesting. They may give J.D. Martinez the bats in left field. I don't know. But that is the trade where I felt like the Red Sox sold very low. And I just don't understand it. Because in this offseason, there have been so far a few retirements. Dustin Pedroia, who we all know that if Manny Machado didn't slide into him, he probably would have gone on to having a very close career being a Hall of Famer. Because he retires at 1,800 hits, missed a bunch of seasons, retiring before he's 40. You add all those years up to what he averaged, he probably would have more than 2,500 hits. And also announcing retirement, we noticed his former Sox and Cubs catcher Josh Fegley and Daniel Murphy at the same time retired. And one thing about Daniel Murphy was when he came up, David Wright was the third baseman. So they tried him at first base, they tried him in left field, but there wasn't room at first base because the Mets had a bunch of guys who could play first base like Duda and Ike Davis, so he became a second baseman, and for a guy who's not really a second baseman, it was pretty darn impressive that he, uh, that he was able to become a really, really good, you know, offensive player, and, uh, because you would think a guy playing a position he's not familiar with, that would affect him, but he did a pretty good job, because he finished with over 1,500 hits in his career, and over 130 home runs, and drove in over 107, uh, over 700 RBIs, and he made three All-Star appearances, two Silver Sluggers, and had that really big moment with the Nationals and won NCLS MVP. So for him, he didn't get to win a World Series with the Nationals when he was there, but he had a very good impact on the Nationals, and it's just interesting that for him also, man, that he's not that old also. So that's the fact that he's retiring at 35, it's 
pretty young. He's still got time out there. And the most recent player to announce his retirement is Major League Relief pitcher Jared Hughes, formerly of the Reds and the Pirates and all these other teams, including the Brewers and the Phillies and most recently the Mets. He's retiring at age 35. Again, pretty young for a relief pitcher. And it wasn't that bad. He finished with a below three ERA in his career and a winning record. So it's not not a bad career. Now, all these moves happening. David Phelps gone back to the Blue Jays. A lot of players are like, let's go back to where I was pretty successful. Tigers picked up Noah Mazzaro, White Sox reject, like the Twins have been doing recently. Yeah, whatever. Let's just uh, let's see if we can salvage him. And John Jay, the Angels, picking another guy who played for the White Sox and wasn't that good. He's a guess. Going to be in the gluttony of players. Chad Lowry said, I haven't been healthy the last two years, and I've been with the A's twice, so I might as well go back. That's where I'm just like, okay. I'm surprised that both Matt Joyce and Brandon Kinsler get themselves minor league deals. Now, obviously, Kinsler turned out a major league deal with the Marlins because he wants to go to Phillies. He thinks the Phillies have a better shot of him being an everyday player making an impact than making the playoff. And if that's what he thinks, good for him. But Matt Joy has been a pretty good regular Major League Baseball player or platoon player. So I'm surprised the Phillies only signed a minor league deal and that nobody else offered him a major league deal. Tigers, again, picking up rejects. Renato Nunez has been about around the block a few times getting him. Maybe help them at first base. But, yep, Cubs getting Jake Marisnik. He's basically – Mets got him more. They got Marisnik, so it's a swap. And the Pirates getting good one is because they have – Pretty much no confidence in any of their outfield. The Red Sox picked up Mario Gonzalez after picking up Kiki Hernandez, so they're just following. Let's get utility players to fill in all the holes. The Mariners get Ken Giles, so at least they'll get us a pretty successful relief pitcher. The Indians pick up Billy Hamilton because, again, they have no idea what's going on in their outfield. And the Rays picked up Rich Hill and Colin McHugh after getting Chris Archer. They're just trying to say, we lost Blake Snell. We traded Blake Snell in a trade. Tyler Glass now has him the most healthy, and we, don't, we do openers. We have... Guys just pitching a couple innings at a time, so they're just trying to figure out some sort of system to use with all these guys because this is a fact. Rich Hill been a major league reliever, and Colin McHugh has been using major league relievers, so that helps them out there. Jerry Nairn joined the White Sox staff. This dude can't get stay away from baseball. MLB announced that they're having parks using vaccination site. That's pretty interesting. The Red Sox signed, I mean, not the Red Sox. The Rangers signed former Red Sox player Brock Holt. Again, Rangers just trying to fill like bats there. Blue Jays kept J- Joe Panic. That's my deal. I don't see him making the team. Padres picked up Mark Melanson and Kill Kella. And I'm like, wow. They're picking up two guys who have been major league closers before to go what they already have. They're just they're not they're not messing around. Cubs brought back Jake Garrietta. As again, players returning back to where they're pretty successful. And the Dynamax picks up Jubal Cabrera because, quite frankly, they're not so positive about offense production out of Ahmed and Juan Escobar. Again, more more list, realistically utility player on a good team. So, yeah, the Cubs are hoping Jake Arrieta is healthy enough to be a back-end pitcher because they have question marks throughout most of the rotation except for Kyle Hendricks. Um, Bernie Sanders had ripped Major League Baseball because the fact that they contracted 40 teams in the minor leagues, I don't blame him because that's just taking away jobs in Americana. Yankees signed Jay Bruce, and I'm guessing because their, their outfield never stays healthy, they can get some DH at first base at bats. That's not bad for him. He, I thought, could maybe somebody give him a major league deal. O side Matt Harvey, so their rotation of Matt Harvey and Felix Hernandez potentially would be a rotation of guys who used to be good. And the Mariners, they pick, they brought back again. Guys going back. James Paxton has gone back to Seattle. That's going to be interesting to see how it is if he's healthy. The Nets picked up Mike Montgomery and Tommy Hunter. Tommy Hunter will be a useful relief pitcher now that they don't have Justin Wilson. And Brad Brock, they need some veteran relief pitchers. Montgomery's a swing guy. And the Dodgers brought by Justin Turner because there really wasn't where else where he was going to go. MLB has decided they're going to end in-game coordinating, you know, for social media accounts. 
They're cut. They're just they're getting rid of some of the employees. That's just not good with COVID. They said, yeah, we don't need this. We can't afford all these people. Brewers picked up Brad Boxberger. They need help in the bullpen. A's picked up Sergio Romo and re-signed Yasmero Petit. That helps the bullpen because they lost Soria. I mean, they lost both Soria and Liam Hendricks. That makes sense. The Braves pick up Jason Kipnis despite the fact that their infield's pretty set. But in the National League situation, he can be a good pinch hitter off the bench. And the Rockies picked up both CJ Crone and, uh, excuse me, they just picked up CJ Crone after they picked up Greg Bird because with Daniel Murphy's retirement, they're not sure who's going to play for his base. And if CJ Crone's healthy, he can hit 30 plus home runs, especially in that ballpark. The Twins brought in Schumacher. They need some pitching depth because they lost some guys through free agency. And if he's healthy, he's a good fifth starter. Yankees signed Robin Torino, some minor league deal. Gary Sanchez has an issue of staying healthy and he struggled last year. So any veteran present will help. And they picked up Justin Wilson, dealing from the Mets, or just let him go. So they improved their bullpen there. And the Mets decided they're not done yet. They're going to get Kevin Pillar. So Al Mora, Kevin Pillar, Brandon Nimmo, Michael Conforter, and Dominic Smith. They got their outfield really set. And it's not and I'm not even including some of the guys they signed in the offseason already a minor league deal. And the Phillies signed Jeff Mathis to a minor league deal. It's always good to have some veteran presence in case you need it behind, backing up JT Romuto, who can handle a pitching staff. Now, that is the world of sports, and now I want to get into the world of entertainment. A lot of happened. Snooki announced she had COVID-19. Hopefully, she's better. Now, basically, Chris Harrison from Bachelor said he's stepping aside due to the fact that he can't excuse all the historical racism on The Bachelor. I'm like, come on. It's a dumb TV show. You shouldn't get that upset about it. Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller are going to be in a Mr. and Mrs. Smith reboot series on Amazon, if that's anything like that movie. I'm hoping that they don't ruin it. Survivor announced they started filming. And uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist was only on Tuesday nights because no new Amsterdam. This Is Us didn't have full amount of episodes. So it made sense that they show it on a night where it's where it's a good idea to put it. But it's going back to Sunday night because, quite frankly, at some point new Amsterdam is going to come back. And they're trying to plug these new half-hour sitcoms, so there has to be room there. The Powerpuff Girls live action show is going to be coming at CW. They've already greenlit a pilot. I really hope this is not a horrible cash grab. The people go, oh, Powerpuff Girls, let's watch this. It's going to be when they're like adults, you know, young adults, where their lives are wherever they are after being crime, uh, you know, fighting bad guys as a kid. That's going to be really weird. Mindy Kaling's announced she's going to voice Velma Dinkley in a TV show. Come on. Kate McCucci has done a pretty good job in all these pretty much uh, animated movies that have different continuity over the last five, six years. She's pretty good at it. There's no need to replace her, but that's another story. Now, they announced CW that they're not going to have this Wonder Girl show at CW, and I'm, I'm fine with it because it's a Wonder Girl character named Yana Floor, a Latina woman. Like, I read the comics. you got the original Wonder Girl, who's actually an Amazonian, and the second one, Casey, who people saw in the Just in the Young Justice TV show. That's the, you know, American, the, you know, the, the, the one that's actually human American. Like, she takes on the role when the other one passes away. So, I'm not that sad they're doing that. They're also greenlit a Jane the Virgin producer show based off the producer from that show. They're making a show. They're going to do a Naomi show, which is supposedly some, another superhero from New 52 that I've never heard of. So, that's what they want to do. And they're rebooting a USA TV show called 4400 straight to series. Like, they're just automatically going to do that. That's, that's interesting there. Now, speaking of the CW, I just last week talked about how in a couple of weeks of the shows they've had, that they renewed Walker after three episodes because they really, really wanted it to come back. Now, obviously, 
Flash hasn't even happened yet, but they said, you know what? We're renewing it before it happens. Riverdale's in the process of being on right now, and they just did the seven-year time jump, which is really out there, and, I, and I'm and i going to save it for next time because it's I don't want, you know, like, spoil alerts and stuff like that. So I'm going to give people a couple of weeks at a time for that. And they renewed DC Legends tomorrow that even hasn't happened yet, and I'm one of those people like, okay, it doesn't need to be renewed, but okay, go ahead. All-American deserves to be renewed. I'm not going to make an opinion on Charmed Remake or Legacy, which is a spinoff, but I can't make a decision in the dark. Season 3 hasn't happened yet. There's no need for Season 3, and there's no need for Season 4. At least Broadwell, New Mexico, has a science fiction element towards it with Aliens, but wait till Season 3 happens before you make your decision. And Batwoman, don't make a decision until people see how all of Season 2 is going to go with the new Batwoman, and so far it's been rocky, so I don't understand that. Nancy Drew's amazing, like Riverdale, so that makes sense. Dynasty again, a reboot that I don't watch and I have no need. Now, a network that goes out and renews pretty much everything is pretty, pretty stupid. And of course, they've given us additional episodes to Superman and Lois, bringing the total to 15. And I already told you that they've they've renewed Walker pretty much as soon as possible because they want it. They really want that out there. So that's what they're doing there. Now, I don't get the Supergirl's been pretty good show. And Black Lightning, the show was made for a very specific audience. Racially charged is for, it's very targeted towards the African-American media because it is the the black superhero everybody looked up to, cartoons, TV shows, movies, and it took a very long time for the rights to be full and to give him a TV show. And they just finished the Markovian invasion and all the bad stuff that happened and stuff. And Henderson passed away and he's dealing with that. The way they've re- they've done this season, it's the first year since the Markovia occupation ended, because you could say maybe COVID-19 happened, and for one year, nothing ever since. So still, the gangs are still fighting each other. You know, he's attacking cops who are racist. You know, you know, Nissa's girlfriend's in a coma after the fight last year. I just completely forgot that the daughter shaved, the younger daughter Jennifer shaved her hair. She's out there fighting crime with her sister. You know, you know, Jefferson's trying to go to couple counseling with his wife. And it's not going well. There's this uh, Hispanic woman trying to recruit Gamby to, you know, work for her and stuff. And I'm guessing they somehow upgraded his thing instead of being under his, like, you know, tailor shop. This humongo thing where she works on stuff, the wife, and he's got this whole entire state-of-the-art thing. It's pretty interesting. They had time to upgrade the, the back lightning cave. That's pretty interesting. What I don't want is Tobias back. He was the villain in season one and season two, and he was part of the Markovian issue in season three where they kidnapped him and they wanted his powers. Now, the fact that he's still around and he's just walking free is pretty stupid. It's the CW thing where they got to keep the same actor, the same character over and over and over. They kept bringing uh, Damien Dark back and Arrow. They keep bringing, you know, Reverse Flash and uh, other characters back to the CW universe. Like, we we get it. We don't need them. Keeping, you know, Katie Cassidy's back, you know... uh, you know, a Black Canary character all the time, keeping the actress who played Vixen all the time. It's just like, sometimes you don't need to keep, you can get their other villains in Black Lightning's history. Now, Tattoo Man is in the show, and I like that they're kidding you using him, because I just saw it in a movie this year, so it's good there. And there's still, you know, drugs still out, uh, you know, Jen is still using the drugs, not Jen, I mean, Lynn is still using the drugs, which is an issue, they're going to have to realize that. And she's also trying to be vigilante, which again, not that great. And we find out there's a new guy that wants to to work with Black Lightning. Henderson, you know, mentored. 
mentor. That's interesting. It's good to know that he's principal again after all the issues had because they fired him as principal and just a teacher because he's really good in that role. That's interesting. But again, he's not fighting his suit. He doesn't want to be out there because he's still mourning the loss of Henderson. Now, I'm going to say this again. It's a target audience for the African-American community. It's very racially charged. It's very good storytelling, but it's a little bit long-winded sometimes. And... The family dynamic should be something that's good. So I don't understand why the CW would cancel it if they're going to tell you, oh, it's because of ratings. Um, so you're going to tell me that lots of people go and sit there and watch The Junk in the Dark or Roswell, New Mexico, or people watch Pandora that it deserves a second season, that people actually want to watch a, a you know, soap opera dynasty. They want to see a remake of Charmed or a sp- spinoff of Legacy. Like, I don't guarantee. And who's really watching Legends? I'm watching Legends, but my father and my brother stopped watching the show. So again, I'm thinking to myself, who's actually spending their time watching it? I have to fast forward certain scenes in Flash because a whole hour is not worth it. Only some of, only parts of it is worth it. It's really Riverdale and and uh and Nancy Drew and All American that from beginning to end of the episode, it's a worthwhile episode. Some Black Lightning episodes are really good, and some Supergirl episodes are really good. Star Girl's good, but there's just the idea that you you're the network that likes to renew everything, but you decide. It's the end of Supergirl and the end of Black Lightning. Why? You just you made this whole entire deal that Arrow's ending and it's Batwoman and Supergirl and Black Lightning are part of the the dynamic because at some point Flash is going to end and Legend of Tomorrow are not always a part of the crossover. But you change actress and Batwoman and you're both saying Supergirl and Black Lightning are going to end. It just it baffles me how one of your most successful properties is the Arrowverse and you're just throwing aside those two shows. But you're a network that renews everything, and you're just renewing junk. You didn't renew Katie Kane, which is stupid because you had a hor- you had you didn't have a chance to continue the uh, the Riverdale universe because the Sabrina Teenage Witch show is on was on like Netflix, and Nancy Drew is somewhat a part of that, but not really, and they're doing it. So again, a ruining opportunity to continue to make a universe like that that I I just don't understand it. It makes no sense. Arrow finished his run even though I felt like you could have gone to full 10 seasons like Smallville. And I feel like Flash, if it's going to get eight seasons, it's probably going to get double-digit seasons. That's where I'm, I am i don't get it. Is that Batwoman is not that good so far that you renew it. But you say unilaterally, we don't want Supergirl Black Lightning to come back. And you're, you're greenlighting a show off a New 52 character like that nobody's going to know or nobody's going to care about. Because both people that do watch the comic book show and superhero shows... Are watching heroes they've heard of. It's in shows like Arrow and Flash where you have the sidekicks or the Team Arrow, Team Flash. We're introducing more characters. Then Supergirl, you got Team Supergirl. You're introducing more characters. Star Girl, you're reintroducing just society characters. That's a good idea. In Black Lightning, it's pretty much just him and his daughters. There's no mention of Just League Detroit or anybody else. That's interesting because Vixen would be good in that show and some other characters, but I guess they decided they're not going to do that. So I'm just very disappointed in the CW that they can just automatically renew a show like Walker after three episodes, renew shows that haven't even been on the air yet, like Roswell, In the Dark, and Legends of Tomorrow, just without even seeing where the season's going to go and the storytelling, and you are the network that everybody's going to know is that network that renews everything. But they did not renew Katie Keene. And they didn't even get a chance to tell a full season. And number two, you're not you you, you screw Black Lightning last year. We're giving a 13 episodes. You could push it off of the way to show Katie Keene because you push Black Lightning, you push basically Black Lightning and All American to end at 13, and you push your success most successful show Supernatural to Monday nights. 
so you could show Katie Keene on Thursday nights and stuff, and it's just like, what happened was COVID happened, and you wish you had more than 13 episodes of both Black Lightning and All-American, maybe 15 for All-American, maybe 18 for Black Lightning would have been helpful, and if you didn't push back Supernatural so it goes off break for a couple of months, they may have had the time ahead of time to finish those episodes and shown it because they're like, oh, we're going to get, they're off for a couple of months, we don't have to rush to film these episodes. That's where all these decisions are pretty stupid. Now, obviously, the actress who plays Supergirl, Melissa Benoit, Benoitko, she was thinking about the show not even starting in the fall because before COVID, she got pregnant and it was the goal was, okay, we're going to delay filming and the show's also going to be delayed in the spring. That's fine. So COVID didn't matter with Supergirl. They are going to show it anyway. But if they decide to find that mutually they're going to end it, that's totally fine. Because I can't get over the fact that NBC, in the middle of a season, has announced that this is the final season of Superstore. It came back in the end of September, beginning of October, with This Is Us, both those shows. And they showed a couple episodes here and there to make to give people a fill because they didn't have any, you know, for a while. So it's like, okay, let's show a few. And then they're like, we'll be back in a couple months. That's good. But they announced mid-season. I've never seen a show where they announced it's the end. Before the season starts, they let people, they let fans know 100% this is the final season. Or you know it's the final season when the network just cancels it completely. Okay, so it's a nice thing that they're letting us know. But I want to see how the show can go without America Ferreira for multiple seasons at a time. So NBC has decided again. That show is ending. They ended the Good good Place Make the Decision end. And they ended the revival of Will and Grace. Those three shows did pretty well in the ratings. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine, who went from being 20 to 20 episodes on Fox to going to 18 to 15 to 13 last year, that it would help NBC if they had more episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine in the 18 to 20 range when COVID happened instead of the, the small amount they did have because then they didn't film last year in the summer, okay? And then, of course, I was like, okay, so a bunch of shows have been canceled that are ended on NBC. It would be a perfect thing to have Superstore and Blurker 99 starting in the end of September, beginning of October, like, you know, the beginning of the television year and go on for 20 to 22 episodes scattered out between that time and May. Nope, Brooklyn 99 wasn't on last year. This year, it hasn't even shown up, and we're in the middle of February. We're just past the middle point of this month, and it's not been on. They announced, well, we've taken a while for this season to happen, and there's no word if it's going to be 12, 13, 14, 15, or anything more than that. And they announced it's the final season. And quite frankly, I really don't watch NBC as much as you think I would. If it weren't for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and This Is Us, and whenever New Amsterdam comes back, I'm not like running out of my way to watch things because I don't watch... Good Girls, because I always felt that it should be a half hour, not an hour. I don't know what else is on Sunday nights with Zoe and Good Girls if there's going to be a third program. Monday nights, I have no idea where Manifest is, and I'm not that attached to it because the show I thought that would have been canceled. And Tuesday nights, they've shown two Canadian shows. In the meantime, the new Amsterdam, and they're showing Keaton's show finally. So finally, I get Keaton's show, and they're showing the, the Little Rock show, five. But I'm not like dying to watch those shows. I don't watch the Chicago shows on Wednesday. And I don't watch Law & SVU or this new Law & Order spinoff that didn't need to happen. And on Friday night, they show the blacklist and, like, waste two hours of programming on investigative journalism. That's fine. So, it's just really Zoe, This Is Us, and New Amsterdam. Three shows that I really care about NBC if you're telling me that Superstar Brooklyn Nine-Nine is ending. So, you're losing the viewership that you, dis- that you think you should have as one of the original three networks. By saying it's the end of two of your most popular shows that you've had on your network. Superstore has been there since day one and Brooklyn and I in the past couple of years. Because, quite frankly, if, if it weren't for This Is Us success or even New Amsterdam or Zoe's success, I would only be pretty much watching NBC what I, like I do for every other show. Watch new shows, write a review, talk about it, let you guys know if it's good or not. And to 
pick and choose which good scenes on SNL because they've switched from, you know, less sketches but longer sketches that go on and on that aren't good. So upset that that both Nine Nine and and you know Superstore are ending, and that CW decided that they would just say Supergirl, Black Lightning, or any but renew shows that haven't debuted yet this season that aren't that good that didn't deserve to be renewed that you should have waited till the whole season. But that's another story. Now the last thing I want to get to is briefly, is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It is something I went to and as a kid, and it's something I want to go back. And I'm saying to myself, it's one thing to have, you know, the legendary people that came before and that sang the blues and country music, and there's some, you know, pop stars in the Hall of Fame. That's fine. But when you start voting in the hip-hop rappers into the Hall of Fame before classic rock and heavy metal and rock groups that started years and years ago in the 60s, 70s, or 80s, and they're not in before these rappers, you could put rappers in the Rock and Roll Fame. I'm not going to say you don't have, you can't. But to put in Rock and Roll, to put them in before Rock and Roll artists who have been around for a very long time and are not in the Hall of Fame, and we all know a while ago that one of the reasons why a group like Chicago wasn't in the Rock and Roll Fame and some other groups was because the people that make a decision were not fans of Robert Lamb or other people, and it took a while. Fine, you got your politics and everything in life, that's fine. But stop voting in rappers and pop stars before you vote in people that should already have been in there years ago, that makes no sense. The rappers can get in there. They can be in the rapper's wing. The pop stars can be in the pop star wing. It doesn't matter to me. It's just don't know where your your mind is if you're not even going to vote in these guys who should be in there. For example, like how in the world is Carol King not in there? How is Todd Rugger not in there? How is Tia Turner and Dion Work not in there? Like the Foo Fighters... The Goo Goo's, Devo, Iron Maiden, Race Against the Machine, New York Dolls. Yeah, they can go in there eventually, but you got to vote the people that have been on the ballot that should be in. No offense to Mary J. Blige or Jay-Z, like Elder Cool J. Like, they should not be in there before the rock and roll artists. Shaka Khan should already be in there with her solo career in Rufus. Like, I don't understand it. If you're going to just say, you know what, screw the rock and roll artists who are not eligible, the guys who are eligible that are rock and roll artists, and let's vote on hip-hop rappers and pop stars instead for the last 10, 20 years. Okay, that's fine. Then stop calling it the Rock and Roll of Fame and call it the, the Music Hall of Fame. Because that's really what it's turning into. Because there's too many people there's too many people in the Hall of Fame that should not have been in the Hall of Fame before other people. That's where there's an issue there. So again, thanks for listening to episode number 69. Wow, we're approaching the 70 mark. For On the Radar, I'm Radar. As always, local national sports on the Radar Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, on the Radar, on YouTube, Radar4428 for my blogger site and Twitter, on the Radar Entertainment blog on Facebook, and on the Radar Media is my website. Thanks for listening. See you guys next time.